Now, everybody knows that the great Matura and the turtle from space threw up our universe when it had a bellyache. So if you had a stomach ache and threw up a universe, what would your universe look like? It'd be someone where people correct you on technicalities all the time. The turtle was not in space. Oh, God. Here so we go. that's uh, <laughs> It's not canon, bro. Celestial? For you to is know. It a celestial turtle. It's in, he was actually it's between. In the, yeah, he was between. between. The he was in the macroverse. Bam. Boom. Deep cut oh. for it. Yeah, By the way, we're talking about it today. I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, you asked me about my universe. Y'all are living it now. This is every time you say something I want out. slightly this wrong. This is awful. I want off this ride. An expert comes over and corrects you. All right, Mark, make it right. What would your universe be? My universe is full of people trying to put in a USB port cable correctly and they get it wrong every time. So the 50 50 chance they always lose. Don't gamble in my universe. <laughs> and so coin tosses are just right out no, the window there. Don't huh? even. It's always going to be tails if you say heads. <laughs> okay. Um, also, every piece of technology just slightly doesn't work right. That remote, you'll have to bang it and remove the batteries, put it back in just to change the channel. So, oh my god, that is my living hell. That's a, that's a hellscape. Speaking of hellscapes, Hellraiser world. That's what I would want. I mean, if you're going to make man, something, make something crazy as shit. I don't know what you got inside of you, man, but that sounds <laughs> awful. Look, it's been a long week, man. I'm super pissy. It's going to come into the, the podcast. It's, it's happening. Hey everyone, just a quick note about today's episode. We will be discussing Stephen King's It, including the television adaptation, the 2017 movie adaptation, and the book. Please note that we will also be talking about content that will be touched on in the upcoming 2019 movie sequel, so this is your spoiler warning. Enjoy! Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, I'm joined with John and Garrett. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing all right. As yeah. previously mentioned, a little pissy, but I'm doing good. Nobody has any belly aches, do they? No, not yet. Okay, that's good. Well, today we are getting together to talk about the recent uh, Stephen King release. Uh, maybe do a little compare and contrast to the actual book and the television show from 1990. This is... Um, this is a big one for me. I thought this movie was just absolutely fantastic. It's actually, after viewing the movie, actually made me want to start doing a podcast about horrors. Did so, we actually say what the movie was? It's you did be, in the opening. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's it's <laughs> it. In case in case it was not clear in the uh, the opening, we're going to be talking about Stephen King's It. Stephen King's It. Stephen King's It. Now, if that oh. needs to go in the front, I'll put that. A lot of thought went into that title. <laughs> it did. So, uh, what was your first re- uh, interaction with It? Was it the book, the television show, or was it this movie? It was the miniseries for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Garrett? Uh, it was the book, actually. Really? My aunt, um, when I was a young kid, um, I was into books, and she was reading The Stand, and she tried reading me a piece of The Stand, and I was just not interested. And then she's like, well, what about this one? And she read me uh, some excerpts from it, and I was just like, no, this is just insane. Like I was, I was into it. I was like automatically like, okay, cool. And then I tried to read it, and then I got to parts where I was like, okay, I'm out. This Are you is too scary like a, for like me. A bedtime story. You're you're no, honest reading it was a horror on, story. Not a bedtime story, but just mostly just kind of a um, let the clown sing to you in your you sleep. In. Yeah, it was it was the book. That's cool. That yeah, mine was the television adaptation. Um, I think in the '90s, kind of it started this 
yearly or every couple of years, ABC would run these Stephen King specials where it'd be a miniseries. They do it one Sunday and then the next Sunday yeah. they'd, they'd wrap it up. Um, so it had it and then 93 went to Tommy knockers. Then we've got the TV version of the stand in 94 Langoliers. That gem came out in 95 <laughs> and then 97, we got a remake of the shining, which I think everybody forgot about. It starred one of the guys from wings. Yeah. That's was the that... one Stephen King was like really involved in. Cause he was really pissed off. Did anybody Kubrick actually shining. see that one? Yes. I, I don't I remember a it. thing about it. it and I didn't different. know it was a remake. I, I, I didn't know it was oh, a remake of it until I saw it and I was like, what is going on here? And yeah, it was it was interesting. Like the bushes moved, like they did in the book. Like they became the. Animals. It was supposed to be more, uh, yeah. more closely related to the. To I'm going to be honest. Material. Kubrick nailed it. Yeah, even yeah. though Stephen King hates Kubrick's version, so it's like man. And then it kind of wrapped up. Uh, 1999 was Storm of the Century. I have no idea what that is. No, I never. And then know. 2002's Rose Red. They don't really like make ghost story or TV miniseries like that anymore. Well, maybe we're just not watching the right television anymore. I'm too busy watching maybe, Netflix and yeah. stuff like that. So who knows what they're doing now? So do you guys remember liking the miniseries? What What is your memory of that? Um, I was absolutely terrified of it, and up until I was like an adult, and then I like got my wife to watch it, and I was like, "Man, this is going to be super, super scary." Like, I just want you to be prepared. And then we watched it together, and it was not at all. In fact. Uh, it, it is not almost childish. Well. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was really embarrassing because I was telling my wife how terrified I was of this film. And then it was like, this is it? This is what you were scared of? I was like, fuck. Like, so when I was a kid. Maybe my, you hyped it up too much. I think I did. I may have, yeah. A lesson learned there. That, that miniseries ruined part of my childhood. Um, so in our older part, you're not fanboying right now, are (laughs) you? No, 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 no. It's, um, so we used to have this huge drainage ditch that led into the sewers, um, behind our apartment complex in Austin. And, uh, we used to go there and play and it was really fun because I didn't remember much of the book as I got older. And then that miniseries came out and then Pennywise was (laughs) so wonderfully personified by Tim Curry that we didn't go back into the tunnels anymore. And it was really fun to go in there until that. And then it was like, no. No. I didn't have any neat tunnels growing up where Me I could either. go get into trouble. That's a, I bet that was fun. I will say Tim Curry to your point. Yeah, he did. He did well, and I think his parts aged perfectly fine. Um, it was just everything else around him that didn't. Yeah, Tim Curry was was very good, and he still. Yeah, that's the only part worth seeing at this point. Yeah, with this new one out, so I'm just make like a YouTube um, super cut. Like the music is just so cheesy, just yeah. synthy keyboard stuff, and then all that adult stuff is just. Bored me uh, to tears. It's just like all the... Uh, well, if you're listening to this, you may hear stuff coming out in the sequel. But who knows? Adaptations can change a lot. So we'll I see what happens. I hope they keep the like, five-minute bike ride scene. That <laughs> oh, was... <laughs> you mean between adult Mike and adult Bill? <laughs> yes. Hey, look. I found silver. Let's go ride around that town like two old goons. Ridiculously <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> yes. Um, was, like, what is happening right now? Yeah. It, like They're like, man, we we're like five minutes short. All right, I got a filler scene, guys. Well, there ride my, the bike for a while. There goes my plan to ask you guys to go ride bikes later. <laughs> Is it a two-seater? No, it's a BMX, so oh. you're going to have to stand on the pegs. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, uh, the movie came out. Um, I was highly anticipating this film. Um, I remember hearing about it in 2011 was when I heard, first heard they were going to do a, a movie adaptation. Wait, really? Of that long ago? Yeah. yeah it, it was been in development. quite some for... time. They went through a couple directors. Mm-hmm. They went into director's hell for a little while, and then finally they started picking up. I think they had a different Pennywise cast for a little bit, too. I don't know. I, don't know I had no... I, I, see, I had gone heard, through a lot of variations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything about this until like the trailer came out, and I was like, oh, it. <clears throat> That's interesting. Like I remember 
the book and then I remember the loosely remember the miniseries and then because I didn't actually finish the miniseries like the first part of the miniseries where Pennywise is doing the shit to the kids mm-hmm. I kind of checked out so kind of my memory of the it miniseries uh, first time watching it was that I really enjoyed the first half which was yeah. um which I think led into the first encounter in the sewers with Pennywise. Mm-hmm. And then the second half was more the adult side. And then they have to go revisit and finally put an end to uh, it. Um, but yeah, the, the adult stuff is just so wooden. Half their scenes are just sitting around going, I don't really remember anything. Do you, do you, Oh, let's go have dinner. Oh, there's yeah. creepy stuff in the fortune cookies. Oh, Big from the, deal. from the miniseries. Oh, that yeah. okay. dinner. What was that, man? Oh, and, and Harry from night court, I don't remember the actor's name. Um, Night Court. He plays Richie, the adult Richie, and his jokes are the worst. He doesn't make a single joke that's funny. And I rewatched it recently just to see if what I thought of it now, and I couldn't sit through it um, all the way through. I had to take several viewings to get it through. Um, But yeah, still feel the same way about that ending. That fake spider just looks so dull. He hardly moves. They push it over, and then in the shadow. You see him like kind of eviscerating. It's 90s TV technology they're working with. You got to remember that here. It yeah. was definitely a victim of its time, but everything is. We look back on stuff now. We're just like, oh, what right. were we thinking in 93? Well, you look I at think, hackers and you're just like, oh, what the hell? I love hackers. I think the stand holds up pretty well, but I'm a stand fanboy. I watched it not that long ago. I still okay. really liked it. I just like I the mean, dauber from coaches. In it. <laughs> it, it could use some editing. I'm a Raleigh th- Ringwall man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that over the years, our our expectations of editing has changed where like our movies are much more fast paced now. And even just going back to the nineties, you can still see it's like, man, these are so slow. Get on with it. Sure. And there's a lot of caveats to comparing a television miniseries to a movie with blockbuster you know, movie, yeah. um, especially being that far apart in age. So, you know, we'll take that into account, but still like judging on whether or not people should watch these today. You know, is it worth it? I think that's worth, you know. I would say read the, the book and watch the movie, the, yeah. the current movie. Do not even waste your time. Watch a, watch a best of clip of Tim Curry as yeah. Pennywise. Go to YouTube and find the <laughs> clip where he's on the banister in the library talking about letting Prince Albert in the can out. Like, that part's <laughs> pretty funny. Is everything all right? <laughs> yes. Last chance, Tosha. Get out before it gets dark tonight. You're too old to stop me. They're all too old. No, Mike Hammond, if you see... Excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. No, Mike Hammond, but I had to go. Um, But, John, you said you uh, remember liking Pennywise the most. Um, What do you think about when you compare his uh, performance to Bill Skarsgård in the latest one? Um, I mean, they're so different. I think Pennywise in the miniseries, while he still managed to be creepy, he really played up much more of the clown aspect of you know Pennywise, right? In the film, he was much more of like an entity, and um, I don't think he ever was really, you know, sarcastic or joyous like he was in the miniseries. It's, it comes across as a clown who's like, oh, I'm going to become a killer. But in the movie, it's more like, I'm a killer who's going to, I guess I can pose as a clown. Yeah. Like, it really felt like he wasn't, 
he was comfortable being a clown, but it was kind of more of like a, he wasn't a professional clown. Right. In the miniseries, yeah, I, I totally agree. It feels like the clown aspect just permeates the whole thing. He feels like a man in clown makeup. Yes. He doesn't feel like a creature from another dimension pretending to be what we he thinks a clown is supposed to be. Exactly. Yep. And I agree. And that's why I just absolutely love the film is because I think they nailed that feeling of this otherworldly being with a costume of a clown on. You know, you'll see his eyes kind of slant just off enough to where it's off-putting or when his jaw and hinges and his eyes roll back. It's yeah. Like, this is not a clown. This is clearly <laughs> something else. Well, the first scene where, well, the first you know, opening scene where, um, you know, the, the iconic, you know, Georgie's boat mm-hmm. goes into the sewer and Pennywise is down there, you know, that they float type thing. Um, you know, like, I remember in the, the miniseries, and even in the book, it makes it sound like he grabs a kid, pulls a kid down, that's that. But in the in the movie, the one that just came out, like his when his arm stretches, like stretches out to grab yeah. and pull Georgie back in, you really get an immediate feel of like, oh, this is not a clown. That was a really powerful and I think scene. That was really important to kind of personify him as more than just a demonic clown, because we all have preconceived conceptions of what that is, because you know, media has portrayed that so often before, but and this, it was really, it was like, oh, wow. Like when his mouth did the thing and then his arm went out and I was like, oh, they're really, really getting the whole, this is something more than a clown. Yeah. If, if you asked me to tell you what a, an evil clown looked like before this movie came out, I would have said Tim Curry, you know, yeah. with his little sharp teeth. Killer clowns from outer space clowns. Well, yeah. I would have <laughs> said, I said yeah. Sid yeah. from uh, Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. But oh, that's a good one I too. do like that guy. Because that's more yeah, of that like amazing. kind of like, oh, dude, like there's... I, I I have a problem with clowns. Yeah, same. I hate clowns. They're, they're hate creepy. Do you guys actually have a phobia? Yes. Yes. Both of you. Yes. Hundred percent. You have guys a need to go to very some sort of fo- young photo uh, or a photo of me as a young kid just bawling my eyes out because my parents are forcing me to interact with a clown. Um, I mean, now as an adult, like it's like I, I just don't want to be around clowns. I'm not like terribly afraid of them. I just like oh. oh what about that recent? Um, where you, they were spotting clowns the on the clown highway. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? I man? don't know. Where did that come from? But I saw. Where the did it go? Like, some people are freaking <laughs> people Cotton out. Eye Joe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, I just I I don't like clowns. I mean, I, I think agree. it gets more into the what kind of adult put, does, wants to be a clown anyway. I get the entertainment mm. aspect, but there's ways to entertain that aren't like ridiculously like I, I almost feel like when clowns go into performance it's like they detach themselves from like yeah. humanity and I'm like that freaks me out the I'm clown just like, lobby is going to be really pissed at us <laughs> I got an idea let's put Garrett in clown makeup and send him to clown college he's going to go yeah. undercover and tell us what he's teaching yeah, how they people. fit in that many clowns in that car that's what I want to know you, 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 you want to see a grown man in clown makeup sweating his balls off oh, terrified that oh. at any moment they could all turn on him <laughs> Plus, I feel like I'm much more cynical as an adult than I used to be. So I just assume every clown, once they're off duty, is just like an alcoholic and is smoking all the time, is like fucking kids. All right, like, let's take a moment <laughs> to talk about Shakes the Clown, the Bobcat Go Away alcoholic clown story. <laughs> now, <laughs> Garrett, do you have a clown name if you were to force into the circus? I definitely don't have a clown name because there's certain things you just don't want to think about in life. That's fair. I don't either. I was just wondering. You guys had a phobia, so I thought you might think of it. The no. subject matter more than I do. If you have a phobia, the last thing you want to picture is yourself being a clown. Well, that's the end of your horror story, right? I'm afraid of heights, but I spent a lot of time yeah. thinking about standing on ladders. No, no, well, you're not going to do that. He was a clown the whole time. Anyway, back to it. Back to it. We're getting sidetracked so here. If it showed up and personified your fear, it'd be a clown. Okay, actually, let's let's take a moment and talk about that because, um, like, the leopard. thing is, 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 oh, yeah, the leopard. 
Um, so like Pennywise, you know, it shows up and it does, you know, takes on uh, forms that kind of personify one of your fears. And as the kids in the book, it took on some pretty basic, you know, fears. Like uh, for Mike, it was like a big ass, like creepy bird because he bird watched and stuff like yeah. that. And it was a mummy. Where oh, was I actually werewolf. would have loved to see the giant bird. Out of all the ones that happened in the book, I was hoping to see that one in the I film. almost feel like that would have been too comic booky for me and would have kind of taken me out of the the real I mean granted there's a lot of stuff that's not realistic but it tend to focus more on it felt like a more grounded universe yes, than yes. a big bird would have uh, played into yeah. I think that had to do with the time frame right so like in the 50s the matinee monster movies were the thing right. at the time Absolutely. so it was showing up in the forms of the wolfman the mummy like exactly. all that stuff so that, I mean, that's Pretty basic, and I think the reason that they changed is because they went to a different time period. The guys who made the movie were probably like, well, those aren't going to work yeah. for the 80s, so what do we do? Um, do you think they were successful in bringing and readapting those individual scares? Absolutely. 100%. What, did you have a favorite? Uh, like it a- was For me, I think it was The Leper. That one was pretty terrifying and uh, His disgusting. nose like, opened up. It looked yeah, like a like, cross. No, I don't know what it was. It's just disgusting looking. Where are you going, Ed? If we lived here, you'd be home by now. Come to the Kyle's. That was, I think, really well done. I think they did a really good job on that. I would have to say Stan's painting or yeah. the blood sink. Yeah. Definitely, like, it, those two were definitely the ones that, like, for me, I was just like, oof. I liked that they one. updated it so the hair came out and started strangling her, grabbing her, trying to pull her into it. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, the lady also, her face just being almost like a cubist yeah. look to her face, uh, Picasso style. Very off-putting. Agreed. Those style of paintings always kind of just like really had this just really unnerving vibe. So when they actually like yeah. showed that, I was like, there it is. That is what we're getting. That is what we're going to have. And it, I was so happy and terrified to see that was what it was. But yeah, no, I thought well, they you did knew, a great you job. Knew it was coming, right? Because he took the painting oh, no, and turned totally, it around. Yeah. I was like, totally know it's coming. But even then, but I thought that's what they actually did really well in this movie is like even knowing what was going to happen they still visually and like, you know, timing wise pulled it off. I mean, you know, like even when you know something's coming, normally in a movie you're like, oh, something's about to jump out at me. Cool, it does it. But in this, it jumps out at you. But even then it's still like, oh, wow, that's visually Were you thinking about the giant clown? The giant clown? When they were in the the slideshow? No, actually, I'm not thinking about that. I was thinking about like in the library. when uh, Is it Ben? Yeah, that's that's actually my favorite scare. Because uh, Ben's flipping through the book. He sees the Ironworks Easter uh, explosion where all the children died while collecting Mm -hmm. eggs. He flips through the pages and it just zooms in on this kid's head severed in a tree. And then he goes down to the reserve section of the basement or something and he starts to see all these like crispy burnt Easter eggs kind of leading him in there. And he turns around and it's a headless child. 
and he drops all these Easter eggs and starts chasing them around. I was like, that was pretty neat. The lady yeah. who was sitting next to me while I was watching this movie threw popcorn all over herself at that, where he like hits the librarian or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like that jump moment, it just went everywhere. It was hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this yet because it's kind of later in the movie, but speaking of uh, moments in the theater, I'm pretty good. I don't go see it. Like I said, you know, I don't go see a lot of these movies. You guys know my story about the grudge. Yeah. Um, but it, this was one of those movies. I also exclaimed really loud. The scene where Richie, they go into the house to confront it. And uh, Richie goes in that room and there's all those things covered in sheets and he walks up and then he, he turns around real quick and then everything's uncovered and it's all those clowns. The moment that happens, it's like bump. And he's like, Oh shit. And it gets real quiet. And I was like, Oh, fuck no. Like, I didn't realize I said it so loud yeah. in the theater. I was like, oh, fuck no. And of course, you know, everyone starts laughing at me. But I was just like, that was the part in the movie where I was like, okay, I might officially have a problem here. <laughs> I think the only jump scare that got me was when the slideshow, when they're going through a slideshow and, uh, and then Pennywise just sort of shows up and starts moving and then they knock over the projector and he's gone and then it comes back, and he like a giant version of him steps out of the. Uh, yes, I was not the expecting show. the giant head. Yeah, I totally to jumped for his, that one. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Cat yeah. will not let me forget it. Yeah, one thing I noticed about the Easter eggs on reviewing is that they were raw. Oh, you guys notice that I did when the, not. when the kid was wandering down the stairs, he drops the eggs and they splatter. As raw eggs. But is that a thing, though? Like, again, did they just dye eggs as they were because they would use them later? Or did they, I mean, I don't know about the time, like, but maybe they didn't hard boil them back in the day. That's very, I was going to ask if you guys had any thoughts on that. The only thing that I could have come mm. up with was maybe that because it does not exist in our universe, per se, it is a visitor, it thinks it knows what an Easter egg is, kind of like it thinks it knows what a clown is, uh. it doesn't know they're supposed to be hard-boiled. <laughs> I think you're putting too much thought into this. <laughs> or it knows that raw cla- or eggs are a little uh, unnerving, and it would throw him off his game, and you know he wants them to be scared, right? That's their That's number one. That's why he was one. afraid. It's like, nobody these raw? raw eggs. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe the uh, director just thought, hey, raw eggs going to look better on yeah. film. And they or they just everywhere. went to the craft table and were like, what do we got here? <laughs> All right, some eggs, let's go. Hey, Esmeralda, paint these up. We need some Easter eggs <laughs> for the next scene. You guys have put way too much thought into the well, I put no thought about it until right now, but now it's all I'm going to think about. <laughs> so let's, I want to talk real quick about like the characters because, um, you know, there's, there's certain characters in this movie that like I thought was going to be kind of real difficult to portray properly. And I know... One of our friends who saw this movie had a real problem with the way they changed Mike's story because um, mm-hmm. that's pretty mm-hmm. different. Mark, you want to just outline the change they made real quick? Sure. So in the book and in the uh, television miniseries, Mike is the historian of the group. He's the one that uh, kind of pieces together the history of sightings of Pennywise throughout the towns of, of Derry. Uh, Pennywise, or it, seems to come back about every 27 and a half years, normally after some sort of horrific event. Uh, as previously mentioned, the Easter uh, explosion that killed all the kids is kind of what set him off that time. Um, ben is actually an architect. So that is completely gone from the movie. Now, well, he's just a kid in the movie. Well, no, even in the uh, television series, he shows him how to build a dam properly. Oh, true. That is so true. So they do actually the allude to yeah. his future as the uh, architect. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with Mike and Ben now that they've kind of... Well, Switched I don't even know. Mike works at like a veal factory or like it's a slaughterhouse, farm, yeah. slaughterhouse yeah. farm type thing. I didn't quite catch exactly what they were doing. I was like, they're shearing the sheep and then they're bolting <laughs> them in the head. <laughs> I, That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's going to be tough to make him a. Well, he was delivering meat. That. He was delivering meat oh, everywhere. That's remember? Right. Yeah. yeah. So like it was it was a slaughterhouse. When Mike sees Pennywise the yes. first time, he's going to dro- drop off the. Okay. Yeah. That, that was a good scene. Time. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. well done. So um, yeah, that, if if I had to really give this movie a kind of a knock against it, and it's not a big knock, but it would be the fact that Mike didn't feel like um, um so much of a main character as a secondary character of the Losers Club. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him in the next film because uh, he's supposed to be the librarian and the historian. He's the only one that really remembers Pennywise through adulthood. And he has to remind them all, call them all, get them all back to Derry to fight it one more time. I think he'll take on the responsibilities of the farm. And through that, he'll kind of still be the connection to Derry. But uh, will he be the historian? I think that after this event, maybe it will, you know, kind of... Maybe he'll be more interested in the town, but I don't know. They they could completely make him not a historian or a librarian, but I think he's going to basically kind of be like he took over the farm. It's you know his thing, mm-hmm. and that's that's why he stayed in Derry. Right. Like everyone else ran away. He had some kind of um, connection there to it, so I think they'll, they'll go with that route. But I mean, I see. I didn't have a problem with that change. I mean, I understand it's kind of a they shifted it over to Ben. Ben's this character. was more like I I kind of thought when you know when I left the theater I was thought it was absolutely fantastic. It wasn't until I started thinking about it more that I actually was oh yeah Mike's different Ben's different. Yeah. And again I'm not gonna hold I that against the movie too much. It's part of like the translation from book to film <laughs> as well. It's easier to have a very fleshed out ensemble cast in a book because, you know, they could be long and have their own chapters. In a movie, if you don't really have, like, a main character, I think a lot of movies sort of tend to drift off. And so that's why I think they really built up Ben here. And to the effect of that, some of the other characters had to lose out, like Stan and Mike. That's true. And um, any other character changes you guys can think of? Uh, Not really. I mean, I think everyone else was pretty much... I. I do love how they kind of made Richie a little bit more like it's not just doing voices, but really kind of more of a just a, a constantly joking smartass. Yes. Um, the entire group of people that we went to see the movie with kept like leaning over and looking at me and pointing at me every time he talked like, hey, that's you. And then my mom saw it and was like, hey, I saw it. Guess what? You were just like that kid who played Street Fighter and always talking about stupid shit. And I was Thanks, like, mom. oh, that's great. So, yeah. So that's. It's unfortunate that he was supposedly a lot of that stuff was really lean over and be like, "You're just like Stan. You're a coward. (laughs) You're a real Stan." But um, I did love that part where it's like, "What are you gonna do with your summer? I'm gonna practice Street Fighter." And I was like, "All right, I'm into this character. Let's go." (laughs) Except I didn't know a single kid in 1987 that was playing the original Street Fighter. Well, then you know enough kids. I guess not. I went to Putt Putt. They had all the arcade (laughs) games. Street Fighter (laughs) One was not in there. But. Back to the back to the characters. I thought everyone was really good. I was really impressed with the casting. Like I'm not a big fan of kid actors, but I thought everyone did a great job. They um, felt like kids. Yeah. Richie was the kid from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. Re- I'm not going to remember any of these actors' names, so I apologize. But the one character I was kind of well, the two characters I was worried most about was um, Stan and Beverly, because Beverly's got a really unique story where like she has to sell that, and I thought right. they did a really good job of kind of driving home the abuse kind of thing. And she really, I mean, some of it was kind of cliche as far as yeah. some of it, like cut her hair, but you know, but good. she sold it. And yeah, I was I really impressed with that. So like, I was really happy with the actors, the character choices, the kid who plays, um, Henry, what was Henry Bowers? Yeah. He's the one that goes crazy, right? And kills his dad mm-hmm. with the switchblade. Yeah, that's right. He did yeah. a great So job. he's the bully. He's, he's the one that kind of picks on these kids, the whole uh, movie. 
and he kind of gets um, mind fucked by Pennywise towards the end. And uh, Pennywise yeah. kind of sends him after killing his father with a switchblade to the neck, um, sends him after to like go kill the rest of the Losers Club. And he ends up fighting Mike above the well. And, and that's gets, one change from the book. And yes. um, the Bowers family was actually Mike's neighbors. They had in, in Butch Bowers, Henry's dad was not a cop. He was just a farmer. Yeah. But I think he was a Marine, an ex-Marine. Was he? And yeah. that was a change that was made I didn't really have a problem with. No, it really, it, I think Minor. it helped flesh it out, and um, I thought it was good. It but I, I mean, the only thing that could have been lost there is that it gave more reason to why Henry was so after Mike all the time. You know, he saw him Yeah, it made him a little more sympathetic. I think part of that's a product of the time, too. All of our <laughs> movies very rarely have just bad guys anymore. Everyone's mm-hmm. a gray well, they also made Mike or Henry's dad like real kind of, you know, just a real, just a real complete, yeah, complete yeah. dick, you know, like where he shoots the gun at his feet and he's like, you know, what happens when a paper man, you know, yeah. it's like, it was like, okay, he's wow. a real contempt for his son. Yeah. So it really, it, it kind of fleshes out why Henry would, you know, kind of like uh, Mike Myers in uh, the, yeah, that's the Rob Zombie thing. It's like, you know, we got a little bit of understanding of like why he might be a little It fucked feels up. like bad parents was like a real big theme in movies of the 80s. Not just horror movies. It really makes me feel <laughs> bad for kids who were kids in the 80s. Apparently all parents were just terrible. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie does a pretty good job of, at least from what I remember being a kid, that um, adults do not care about yeah. what kids think or how they're feeling. Or at least that's how it used to be when I was a kid. Like we got ignored. And I think there's a very good sense of that in this movie. Yeah. Maybe even to a fault. Because I think there is some sort of, you know, mesmerization that maybe Pennywise and it is doing right. to the adults. You know, we already know this or not. Well, he does in the book and in the the movie and in the miniseries. In the miniseries yeah. You know, because Pennywise, one of his powers is he can kind of manipulate people, and he tends to manipulate adults, right? And you know, use that to kind of you know instill fear and help. Or to the point where the, they can't even see the shower covered in blood, right? But yeah. or more on the nose, no one that lady saw Georgie get killed and was like, nah, "None of my business," and closed the shades. Like, and that's another big change from the book, actually. Yeah, only the cat saw it, <laughs> and that cat needs to step up and testify. You know what? <laughs> If you see something, say something, like I they say on the subway. In the movie, that makes sense to make that change because you have to hit things a little more on the nose in a film than in a book where you have 1,100 pages to sort of expound upon how weird the adults are. Well, I think it would be so awkward to have the movie start up, have the adults see that and be like, eh, no big deal. I mean, because you don't understand how Pennywise works at that point. Yeah. You I don't thought it have... worked because yeah, it, it, well, it made me curious, right? It, so I was like, man, what's going on here? And yeah. I mean, even though I kind of knew... I think if you're just coming in, you're like, that's weird. And it kind of hooks you a little bit in. So um, in the book, Georgie just straight out dies. <clears throat> he gets his arm bit off and they find his dead body. Right. Uh, a neighbor sees it. Um, and in the movie, we don't know what happened to him. Georgie disappears. And I think that actually gives Bill more. Well, the people in the movie don't know what happened to him. We know what happened. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and even uh, his brother Bill, it gives him a reason to keep looking for him, right? Mm-hmm. I like that, that it gave him a little more motivation than just we have to save the world. It kind of made it more personal, which uh, I, I like. They did a great job with that, the movie, giving everyone... There was a few characters that didn't really have much of a reason, like Stan, Mike. I mean, other than the fact that they were part of the crew and they were just going right. to like help their, their people out. You know, it was definitely like... They, they really gave everyone who needed motivation solid motivation. Agreed. And I think even for the people who kind of just go along, right? As a kid, you're really 
pressured to just go along with your oh, friends, yeah. right? So I think even just being like, all right, fine, whatever, we're going to do this. Uh, makes if you sense. had a friend whose brother went missing. And w- <coughs> Boy, it's fun to record podcasts in Austin around yeah, cedar my, season. <laughs> my throat is just killing me at the moment. If you guys had a friend whose brother went missing and wanted you to go to traipse around in the sewer to potentially look for him, would you agree to that? Well, you just as, said you'd go along with your buddies. As an adult, no. As we a kid, literally probably. went through the sewers yeah. and traipsed around with our friends, and yeah, we weren't I, even looking for missing brothers. Yeah, so I, I mean, did all yeah, kinds of it. stupid things as a kid, man. <laughs> I went into the abandoned courthouse and stayed the night, and we went looking for bums. So I guess that's not very yeah. far off from traipsing around the sewer. When I was like 19, I broke into an abandoned hospital, and it was ridiculously dangerous. As an adult now, like, what the fuck was I thinking? How did I not die? That place was collapsing. We're like, let's go see what's going on in there. Oh, dude, no fear as so. kids. I mean, yeah. and that's, that was really, you know, I, I love when movies do that. Like, um, just kind of like kids are just like, fuck it. Yeah. Cause this is how kids are. It's, What's the worst can happen? Not like I'm going to die. Right. It, death mean, is such a foreign concept to kids that it makes so much sense. In to filmmaking, me. I think there's this, there's this un, unwilling need, not unwilling, but just kind of like this unknown need to kind of like explain why kids are doing stuff. It's like, kids don't need a reason. Yeah, they're kids. You know what? It's like, hey, you know what? You want to hit each other with a piece of wood? All right, that sounds fun. Let's make an afternoon of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Stephen King's really good at writing kids. Or at least he was, you know, I think like Stand By Me and that kind of stuff. He's just got a knack for capturing that like right before you turn into a teenager and everything changes kind of childhood moment. Well, and that's something that was also different from this movie in the book is um, the becoming... Kid, teenager, I didn't know thing. if we were actually going to bring that oh, up. Oh, we're going to talk about the child orgy. Um, <laughs> because this was also one of our friends, uh, probably a joke, but he also mentioned that um, he was like, how come that wasn't in there? But um, it's the obvious book, why it wasn't in there. Yeah. <laughs> in the book, after they after they kind of, you know, banish Pennywise, I don't want to say beat Pennywise because he didn't really get beaten. He just kind of goes away in yeah. the first part of the movie. They send him back to the hibernation, the essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Basically to get, oh, okay, so hold on before we get into that. Let's talk about how they fight Pennywise in the book versus how they fight him in the movie. Yeah. Because. Let's. <laughs> let's delve into this old chestnut. Um, so yeah, in the book, I mean, the movie, they go down to the sewer, they find Pennywise's kind of like, let's call it a hideout. Nest his almost. Lair. Yeah. Lair, his neat lair. little stage where he dances very where cheerfully. Where the kids are that awesome. floating in the air. Now, I yeah. loved that. Where that was like, they float down here and they're yes. actually floating right. because you of that. Like, floating kids. He, oh, uh, the whole time he keeps talking about floating. He actually meant it. Yes. eldritch kind of like creeping. I was like, I was like <coughs> oh, I'm into this. Um, and that was a good little like callback to the beginning where he's like, They'll, you'll float too down yeah. here. Um, so anyway, in the movie, they go down there and they end up fighting them and they all have their own little weapons and they kind of basically... Prove that they have no fear, and then stab him, and he goes. They use the don't they use the silver for the slingshot, right? Well, this is the movie. Oh, the movie. movie. Sorry, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they just kind of like whatever weapons are available. They kind of you know basically banish Pennywise out, and then um, I really like that. I I that was a great fight scene, especially when like was it? um, So Mike actually says. Because they take the bolt gun with them. Yes. And they take it down there, and Henry Bowers wastes the last shot. Mm -hmm. Right. So Ben Henry Benry Howers. <laughs> ah, new character. Rutger Hauer shows up. He's the homeless man with a shotgun. Um, so yeah, Henry Bowers shows up and, and has a little or kerfuffle with Mike above the sewers and then actually uses the last bolt. Uh, or Mike does during that. And so when when Bill is actually going to use it on Pennywise, he says Mike says, Hey, it's empty, what are you doing? But it still like bolts him and, and hurts him. 
Yes. What was and your takeaway from that? So that actually plays into what happens in the book. Yeah. So I mean, it's um, like a representative, right? They're not feared. Well, though, that's, it's actually different. So it's close to that. Yeah. But um, so in the so let me talk about that. Yeah. So he has the uh, the livestock gun, the the bolt livestock mm-hmm. gun, and he uses it on Pennywise, even though it's not actually firing into Pennywise's head. It still acts as if it it penetrates it takes his a head chunk out of him, and Pennywise freaks out, and they end up fighting him at that point, battle royal, and banish him. Now the reason that worked is they explain this in the book. So in the book, they take a silver dollar and melt those down into like little projectiles that they actually use the silver um, bullets, if you will, with the slingshot to penetrate um, Pennywise. That's explained because the kids believe, 100% believe that it could hurt Pennywise or it, it actually has effect. So the same thing with the bolt action thing in the movie, because they believe it could damage it, it does actually damage and because uh, the monster. Since I've seen all those horror movies using silver bullets. Yes. <laughs> if you believe it, it becomes a real thing. Because think about it. It's based off fear. It's because, you know, it's a mind thing. So in the book, the way they fight Pennywise is they do this like little like Native American kind of hallucination TP type thing where they... Oh, right. They, they go in br- like a... They breathe in the smoking. smoke. Yeah. yeah. Hallucinate. They hallucinate. And they, that's where they kind of find out where it is from, you know, how to fight it. And you have to do the ritual of Chud, which is a battle of wills in your mind. So what they do is they, I think I wrote this down. Um, Okay, yeah. So Bill has to enter the monster's mind through the ritual of Chud and discovers its true form as a mass of destructible orange lights, which is the dead lights, which they did a great job of actually having in the movie. Yeah, it was real subtle. I like that. Without explaining. So yes, I, which I, I wonder what people great. who don't know about him thought. It was just a weird part of it. I think right? that might be explained more in the second movie. They might delve yeah. more into yeah. its history and stuff like that's that. That's kind of the beauty of how they did it. Even if you don't know what it is, you just are like, oh, that's just some weird shit for this monster, right? You don't. Yeah. So for people who got it, it was a cool like, oh man, those are the deadlights. And for everyone else, it was like, whatever. Yeah, so they, they go into this like ethereal, like eldritch plane where they kind of fight um, it on its own turf in its mind. And, but because they believe that these things can do damage and because they believe that, um, it can, they can hurt it there. They can actually hurt it there. So that's how they, they fight it. And that's the ritual of Chud, which, how do uh, they find out about that? I don't remember how they turtle tells them about, the Oh ritual yeah, that's right. Chud. When they, when they have the Maturin. hallucination, they that's find Maturin, who's yep. the great turtle God who <laughs> threw up our universe. And then they also find out during that time that it, lives between universes like it came to earth like millions of years ago on like i guess like a comet or an asteroid or something like that yeah it was a asteroid yeah something like that and then it's I guess it was been a meteor here. since it hit the earth but yeah whatever <laughs> science um, <laughs> what so, do you think the probability of that staying in the next movie i guarantee you zero <laughs> yeah they don't That's seem to want to i want that stuff but I don't think they want to plug into the bigger uh, universe of Stephen King. That's what makes it interesting. I think they might talk about the meteor. They might talk about it being yes old and stuff. They may talk even talk about him living in between. Because the thing is, is later on, it like basically in the book, there's a whole like little breaking the fourth wall yeah. section where he describes who he is and his history and stuff. But in the movie, I think we will discover that. You know, it's been here longer than that. Yeah. It's something bigger and It'd better. It'd be a shame if they just reduced it to like an alien. I hope they do keep some of its more 
grandiose. Yeah, if it's just like, oh, it's an alien from an asteroid, well, that'd be a real Because once they kind of confronted on that, then he's like, I don't live, I didn't come from space. I live between universes right. in a macroverse that exists be between your two realities of another universe and yours, which was Too bad really the Dark kind of Tower awesome. movie sucked and we won't get to explore all that. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but um, so there's like this crazy, again, if you're if you don't want to like actually read the book, go to the Wikipedia page, go to the Stephen King Wikipedia Wikipedia yeah. thing, and then um, we won't hold it against you. It's eleven hundred pages, right? And the thing is, even if you read the book, you're gonna miss unless you are very familiar with all of Stephen King's works. You're gonna miss all the other kind of times where Pennywise in different shapes might have popped up in his different works. You know, he's he does a great job of sort of threading through all his different works, all this stuff. As a not a huge Stephen King fan, I would not get any of that because I can't. I would say Stephen King is about, I want to say, 75-25 for me. 75 miss, 25 really like. Oh, man. I'm the opposite. I do prefer his short stories to his novels because he can be incredibly verbose per 1,100-page book. But in the uh, in the form of a short story where he has those restrictions, I think he does, or even novella, he does a real solid job. Yeah. Oh, we totally got distracted here. Um, we did. So what, we, what we were talking about is uh, one of the scenes from uh, the kid orgy. Um, oh. So after they, oh boy, <laughs> let's, let's loop it back down yeah. to that. Can't forget to talk about so that. After they fight in the in the book, after they fight it and they they banish it via the ritual of Chud, um, they they can't get out of the sewers of the place where they're at. So they have to find a way to link their like past their like their child innocence into a more adult thing. So Beverly sleeps with all the boys and has sex with them because to help them kind of become adult adults. Men. And that's what allows them to kind of find their way back to reality. And after, you know, beating Pennywise you know, it the first time, it's a weird, weird point in yeah. the book. I mean, the concept makes sense, but I feel like there's other ways to do that. It sure. didn't involve like listening to, a telling of about how a bunch of kids are having sex with each other. Well, don't forget, Stephen King was on a tremendous amount of cocaine. Uh, That's true. So, you know, got to keep that in mind, I suppose. I also don't know how weirdness. old he was, but if most most sci-fi writers and most horror writers tend to hit that, that creepy old man stage where they hmm. suddenly start writing things. You're like, really? We're going to talk about sex robots all of a sudden? Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, so maybe that was his moment where he was like, all right. And then he kind of- He had like back. one weird thing he just had to get out of him. And that was- <laughs> I'm surprised that made it past the editor. I think he was so oh, he like was, famous he was, by then, it didn't even matter. He could have shot someone yeah. in public and basically been like, hey, you know what I'm going to write about? And they would have been like, all right, let's see where this goes. Because like everything he wrote at that point was selling millions and millions of copies, so- uh, just kind of talking about Bev a little bit, uh, one of the differences that I saw in her character was she kind of got sidelined as the reason to get the group back into the sewers in the movie. Yeah. Um, before, you know, in the book and in the TV show, she was the one that was a dead shot with that slingshot. True. 10 out of 10, she knocked down those cans. So <laughs> I feel like she might have lost a little bit of she her didn't. character. Going into the film, but which I think was she kind was of a little bit of a bummer. Pretty strong, like he was strong in this oh, film, from, which I from really dug. Mark one to the end of the yeah. movie, even though she got like kidnapped <laughs> by Pennywise, like there was not a moment in that movie where she wasn't like. I mean, there was vulnerable moments, but there wasn't a moment yeah. in that movie where she wasn't like the alpha. I guess I mean more like 
she was the the one firing the weapon, the gun. You know, like she had a bigger yeah, role. Yeah, I mean, in at the, the very end, she did become like the whole damsel in distress bit. I, mm-hmm. I well, feel briefly, you there, because but... don't forget, she did come out of her coma That's when true. Ben kissed her, and then they yeah. fuck Pennywise up all together. She's the one that isn't she the one that stabs him through the heart? Yeah, because like she, yeah. he's like. Don't you have some sugar for daddy or something like that? Yeah, like thinking, oh, I'll him. strike fear in her, and she's not afraid of it anymore. She just stabs him through the friggin' heart, man, with that pole, and it's like, and that's what makes him retreat. So technically, she did have the killing blow in the movie. It just wasn't with the slingshot. I think I'm getting that scene confused with the uh, fireplace poker where they thrust it through. Its they hand. take one. Of, they take those rods oh, down yeah, there to the second the time. She's the heroine there as well. She had to stab him in the face. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was so creepy. That Did you guys cool. notice in that scene though? And this is um, when he gets stabbed through the face with that um, that fireplace mm-hmm. poker. The blood is floating upwards. He's bleeding up. I didn't see that. Oh, no, check that's it cool. out. It's so creepy because like he's bleeding from the wound. Yeah. But it's, it's floating fun. up. Like it's like it's dripping yeah. upwards out of his head. We all float. It's so crazy. The blood floats down. Yeah, even the blood floats down. Which there. gives me a lot of hope because they, they put those little details in there. You know, the things floating above his layer, you know. Yeah. I really do hope that they they don't spend a whole lot of time getting too far into it. But I would love if the directors and the writers on the next one um, really kind of talk about some of that like that heavy like kind of alternate universe weird stuff that goes on with it I hope so too like I said I find that all fascinating yeah <laughs> I hope maybe they do some more flashbacks too I would like to see that nightclub fire scene I think that would be cool I think it was called the black spot yeah maybe that I mean is that like, what it was called yeah uh, something oh, like that that's but a good name nightclub yeah. fire yeah, I actually wrote down somewhere it was a Race fire started by the Maine, as in the state Maine, Maine Legion of White Decency. Ah, set that place on fire. Um, in the book. So I think it'd be cool if they do like a flashback to that or something like that. Well, if they do keep someone in the town who does become a historian, maybe. And, and you know what, Mike would. Mike's probably going to be the one who stays in town. So if he does become a, become a historian, maybe we will hear some more about that because you know, as Mike is black, he might talk yeah. about that. But I think they replaced it with his like house fire that killed his parents or whatever. Yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. replaced a bummer. it with a house fire. But, you know. They can still loop it back in for sure. <laughs> what do you guys think we're going to get out of movie two? I don't what know. What do you hope we get out of movie two? <sighs> more more of the, the same? Yeah, a, as good a movie as movie one, but will it likely be? I don't think so. I think so. See, one, to do? me, I think our expectations are totally high now. I'll admit, I went into this movie with very low expectations. I was like, all right. The trailer was super creepy in the previews, but I was also like, whatever, it's a horror movie. And it totally blew me away. So now my expectations are very high. The and tra- I just the think trailer the trailer hyped me up. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw the clown adaptation, I was like, oh, they, I think they know what they're doing. But I also just think the adult story is weaker than the kid story. <laughs> I think the adult story doesn't have to necessarily be weaker, though. Like, I, I think that everyone's spoilers for the second part of you know it um i think the fact that bev ends up in an abusive relationship with a guy who like really tracks her down to try to kill her because she runs off without telling him that's i mean it's i don't want to say it's interesting like in like oh that's interesting but like there's so (laughs) much compelling there's so much depth to that story you know ben becomes an architect and gets super skinny because you know he saw bev get with um was it bill and you know, so he gets skinny. Is that his thinking, motivation? Yeah, they, I thought they he got bullied book. in a gym class or something. Well, he got bullied, but like I think that was they mentioned that like he's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I wanted to be. Yeah. I think in the TV show he talks about his 
high school coach calling yeah, fatso or thought, something, and then he what's his motivation. But either way, I mean, yeah, there are there there are things there that could be um, explored and be really deep. Uh, I don't know. I just the think, man, the first Mike. one was so good. Like this movie was so good. To, it's like you know, trying to bottle lightning twice is going to be risky. I want them to take liberties with the second film. I do. If I they agree. stray further away from the adult side of the book, I'd be okay with it. Expand on that, though. What do you mean, take more liberties? Well, I mean, a lot of what I just recently rewatched in the uh, TV miniseries, it's mostly the adults going, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. Let's sit around and try to remember. I know I'm scared, but I don't know why. Oh, I saw the clown again. And it was like, well, in the book, they we in the book, they all separate to basically try to gather back the memories. So I feel like they'll try to do that. So like. They, they come back to like, I don't remember much. And then like they basically agree, okay, well, let's all go back to places that will trigger our memory. They all have new run-ins with uh, Pennywise or, you know, whatever fear personified that they, they run into. They all start getting their memories back. Um, I don't know if um, one of those Richie – or not Richie, but um, – Giant Paul Bunyan. Okay. There's – just like the giant bird <laughs> was not used because it's almost – Two. Yeah. I don't think we'll see giant Paul Bunyan. Yeah, we did see a Paul Bunyan in this movie. They all sit around and I was like, oh, that's a nice little touch. Well, they also had uh, Pennywise in the house. His hand turned into a werewolf before they stabbed him, in the, before Bev stabs him in the face. So yeah, when he's doing his material. like more. Yeah. And at the end, when they've got um, Ben like grabbed, like he's doing the mummy face, the wraps from the mummy that's grab Ben's bad. head at the end. They did an amazing job of saying, look, we can't do certain things yeah. because let's be honest, they may not work or we just don't want to do it it's that super way. super cheesy. But they do so much. They go out of the way so hard to put all these little like yeah. nods and details into the movie for the fans. I thought that was a really nice touch. But I don't know. I'm, I'm super stoked because there's so much depth to these characters as adults. And yet, I'm a backstory guy. Yeah. I'm a... I'm a what motivates people. Let's get inside their head kind of dude. I think so much of it's going to depend on who they cast. It's weird to say because, to your point previously, child actors are normally terrible. These these actors were incredible, and they are leaving some really big shoes to fill. So I think a uh, if these adult actors aren't at that same caliber, it's going to feel way off, way off. Um, which I think is one of the flaws the miniseries had. I thought the child actors there too were better than the adults. Is there anyone you think they should cast as an adult? Oh, man. Because I know, no Mark, you, you had mentioned off off uh, off mic, I almost said off camera, that <laughs> you, you hope it's all no names. I really don't want it to be some <clears throat> well-known actor. Like, you know, some, I think I've mentioned it before, but when I see a movie like Nick Cage or somebody like that, yeah. that's all I see. I want to see somebody, you know, they, they can be in other things. I just don't want them to be some megastar. Like Adam Scott. You want, you want Adam Scott? I want a blank slate like Adam Scott. <laughs> um, I don't want a Matt Damon. I don't want a Ben Affleck as I don't think it's going to be that caliber, like that, you know? but I think the movie's too big for no-name folks. I do. I think you're going to see at least one or two kind of marquee uh, actors or actresses in there. Who's the big... What about, what about a Franco? <laughs> I, I don't think there's one in this in the first one because... The studio was just making a horror film. I don't think anyone well, the expected kid from Stranger it to Things. Make, right, but Stranger Things had just come out that summer, so I don't think he was famous. Oh, do you think when they, they already were filming filmed it? it? When yeah. They, okay. Okay. I'm but not, at least by the time they cast it, and, I'm not familiar know. with the the time frames. Yeah. Those, so. so I think um, Channing Tatum is Ben. <laughs> they weren't Batista expecting is. it. <laughs> Batista. <laughs> they definitely weren't expecting it to be like the biggest horror Bradley movie Cooper ever. Right. Is Beverly. So. You know what? I'm just going to say this, and this is going to be unpopular. I, I recently saw, I was listening to a podcast and it was, I think it was a Joe Rogan 
Experience podcast, and he was talking to Polly Shore. <laughs> and Polly Shore is was talking about like where he's at and stuff like that. I'm not gonna lie, I would love to see just like Robin Williams and some other people did. I would love to see Polly Shore come back, nail this as a serious dramatic actor, as you know, like fuck it, Richie or somebody, you know, or stands uh, adult Pennywise. That and would be and have like, him kill it because. The Dude, that worst would be thing so... if they do a comedian as Richie, like a real one. Well, no, no, I'm saying uh. like he doesn't have to be a comedian. Like he could actually just play it kind of like yeah. serious. Because I mean, adult Richie was a DJ and he was kind of quirky, but he still was kind of like in the serious. television show. He was a late night talk show host, oh, I which know. I think is what more what they were channeling in this than uh, in the in the movie than the DJ of the book because he was all witty and you can just see him easily transitioning to a more comedic adulthood. Um, Man, probably sure. I, I mean, I, again, don't think about it. Don't think about that. But think about like you know, because again, we never thought Robin Williams would do like one hour photo. Um, there's other yeah. com- uh, who was Pat Oswalt and big fan. Um, there's so many like I'm comedians not that have done couldn't do it. I know. This, I don't this, think look, anyone's look, ever gonna let it's it. Do a, it's, it. A, it's a dream. <laughs> I, I, Polly, if you're out there listening, I got your back, man. Yeah. I'm gonna start this <laughs> hashtag Polly Shore in it too. Uh, one of those uh, Brendan Fraser would be in it too, right? I will murder you. Online <laughs> petitions. Hey, I'd rather see Brendan Fraser than Polly Shore. Come on, the Mummy. That was a great film. Which Mummy? There's three of them. He's in the original. The oh, original. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, like most movies, the sequels uh, are not as good. But oh God, I'm quitting the podcast right now. <laughs> I think that I more, thought we could be cool, but we just can't. More cool. people would support me that the original Mummy was a good movie than otherwise. It was a fun adventure movie. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a film per se, but it was a good movie. <laughs> You're the second person <laughs> on this podcast to say per se. Yeah, we're we're classing it up here, listeners. (laughs) We're really classing it up. Is there anything that was missing from the movie that you that you wish was in the movie? Well, to Garrett's point, I wish there was more backstory. I like the whole metaverse uh, concept. I'm a huge fan of all that. You know, I don't know that it necessarily would have fit in the universe they're making right now, which does seem a little bit. I mean, as grounded as a movie about a killer, ridiculous clown thing could be. This seemed to be a little more realistic, but um, but I really like all that stuff. You know what? This is let's go let's go into weird fan stuff. They could have totally pulled something off like that. Like maybe um, oh, what was the kid who had all the pills, the placebos? Eddie. Eddie. Like maybe Eddie gets his medication switched and he ends up taking like a bunch of random meds and ends up like tripping out and having hallucinations and he finds out about the the macroverse yeah. stuff. I'm sure the MPAA would that love been, kids tripping instead balls. Instead of the smokehouse, he goes on exactly, a drug trip. Exactly, yeah. we could still have him yeah. kind of hit I'd that. I'd be okay with that. And not, not run yeah. into the giant no, turtle or I would or anything, be too, but, but maybe you think he... that the MPAA would let 12-year-old drug use uh, slide through? With what if top... they tell him it's all placebos after he goes on a trip? <laughs> Just imagine What if he does tripping. the Tide Pod Challenge and that's how he turns this <laughs> yeah. shit up? I just found out about so... that. I, I still am baffled by it. Again, I'm sure we did stuff that our parents were like, what are these Why? kids doing? One thing I would have liked to see in the movie that was in the book was Henry Bowers, his buddy Patrick, Patrick Hofstetter, is it? Yeah, he dies to zombies in the film. Yeah, now he is a straight up sadistic in the book. Oh, oh right, with the is, animals. Yeah. And the, the fridge. and the what? He suffocated his younger brother as a, as a child. Oh, so I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, he took a... He, so the book explains that Patrick thinks he's the only conscious living person and nobody else in the world is actually in existence. Real or psychopath like shit. He, he starts to fear that his younger brother is becoming real, so he kills him in his sleep. 
wow. And the dad actually yeah. noticed that he did it and choose to, chose to say nothing. Dude, really shitty parents in these It's crazy, <laughs> these books. man. Um, also, he gave Henry Bowers a hand job. See, I'm sorry. There's just things they're never going to put yeah. in the movie. Was though. that in the book? It was in the book. Yeah. Okay, Stephen King, seriously, dude. He got I a mean, lot of demons out in this novel. But, I mean, there's just things they're never going to put in the book. I, don't want, that, I didn't need the a hand dr- job dream the journal. You what know? I'm saying <laughs> is, I wanted the sadistic Patrick. Yeah. Instead, he was just a guy with a lighter and a can of awful. Well, I know, I know Bev in the book, Bev sees him emptying out an old refrigerator, which has like all his dead animals that he's mutilating. Right. And, and then like leeches. God, see again, some of the stuff in the book, I'm so glad I didn't put in this, but leeches attack Patrick and like kill him via right. that way. Yeah. Well, doesn't they like carry him away or whatever? Yes. It's really, I don't know how they would even film that without looking ridiculous. Honestly, there was enough messed up stuff in there. I mean, I think and the movie probably wasn't long enough to start fitting in backstory for the the bullies. bullies you know? yeah. yeah, I think Henry was enough enough of an entry point for that that we we were just fine. And plus, honestly, just like certain Eli Roth stuff, I don't want to see a kid emptying out a fridge full of animals he's mutilated. That's just that's. A I don't know if we want me. to talk about deleted scenes, but I do wish they had kept the one where it shows that uh, Henry had killed his two friends. Yeah, Belch and yeah. whatever the other one was. He totally killed. I'm wondering why that got pulled. Because I thought that added a lot to how far that Henry had like just gone, right? He's really just a snapped. And did he's he kill him in the books? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he did. So I don't think that. they killed him in the same way, but he did. I th- honestly, I think we, I think the, the filmmakers, again, speculation, but I think they cut that because we already, with what they already showed, we totally know Henry was already gone. True. Like, I don't think they needed to, like, expand on that and really drive home the point because I don't know a single person who didn't watch that would be like, okay, he's fucked. Like, okay, he's gone. Yeah. What did you guys I, think of the television show that kept playing that oh, actually so told him to creepy. kill his dad? Kill them all. Like the children's program where yeah. Pennywise is sitting with the kids. Do it, Henry, stab him. Yeah, I really like that, actually. <laughs> I went, when I rewatched it again recently, um... That show's actually playing in multiple scenes. I yep. Yes, I have that. noticed. I, did I wrote notice down that. what they were saying when Bev was coming home. Yeah. So I'll read that to you now. Toilet and bathwater travel down the drains and into the sewers. The sewers is a fun place to play with all your friends. Just follow the water into the drains and down the sewers you go. When you're down with your friends in the sewers, you can be silly as a clown. Huh. So that's, so that's what's being said on the, on the, the TV television show, show as Bev's watched. walking into her home. Wow. So it's I was creepy. like, oh, man, they really pasted that stuff in there. Like, I didn't catch that the first No, time. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. So there's a lot of good little nods and little Easter egg things you can pull out of it in multiple viewings. you got, you got to give these writers credit, man. They did a fantastic job of adapting something that's so robust and just really making a solid film. And Because, you know, I, agree. I don't really re-watch horror movies. Like, once I've seen it, I'm like, okay, I saw it. I sat through it. I'm cool. Uh, 28 days later, and it... <laughs> Like I've I've watched it three times now, and I've I'm, seen it three and a half times. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'll I'll watch it again. Probably not too far off, just yeah. because from start to finish, it's just a amazingly shot film. I agree. Yeah, it did have some good cinematography as well. I thought there were some really good shots. It was just really well filmed, which you don't always see in horror movies. I thought this just felt like a really good movie. All right, let's talk about some fun stuff here. Who else totally freaked out when Bev jumped off that cliff? I was like, oh, God, you're too high. No, she's going to like break a rib. <laughs> like immediately when I see people jump off cliffs in movies like that, I immediately just kind of like worry from like, was it too high? <laughs> like, yeah. I think because I'd already read the book and seen the things, I wasn't worried. 
Like, oh, I know no, that. Gonna yeah. Are there going like, to be rocks just below the surface? I'm saying like like the actors, the stunt people who jump off that stuff. I just immediately like get like cringe worried yeah. for them. Like, oh no, I hope they're okay. <laughs> I have crazy respect for stunt folks. I could never do that job. Were you guys okay with the, like the very obvious jump scare moments? Would it be like loud noise. I mean, they, in ben modern turns around movies, and Pennywise grabs yeah. her. By oh, it was so throat. minimal compared to most modern right. horror movies. And you have to have some in modern yes. movies now. The audience just expects it. If if they had none, people would have complained for sure. Yeah, and I honestly like I as someone who balance. hates jump scares. Like I hate them for multiple reasons, but um, I didn't find them that bad. I mean, when no. there was a few in the theater where I, I really jumped. Like, oh man, like I I think I audibly gasped, but. Um, <laughs> I'm a real toughie, you guys. Um, <laughs> I like Ben's new kid on the block uh, fandom. That, was, that so was, great. was cool. That yeah. was so great. Honestly, when he goes, please don't go. That's a, that's a song. And yeah, I was like, that's I was like, another line. I was, as, as, you know, like I, I saw a lot of myself in Ben. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was actually that pathetic. Yeah. Too. same. I was sort of going like, oh, that poor kid. See, I was never like that pathetic. I, yeah. I definitely was a Richie where I was like talking shit like am i the only one who can't see it because i'm not a virgin it was yeah. like lucky we didn't have a dick measuring contest yeah i was i was saying that kind of bullshit and playing video games it was like it was one of those things i was watching it was like oh god was i that bad yeah and yeah i probably was but um there was a lot of stuff that they like i said the new kids thing was cool yeah, she found their his poster i thought that was funny that was really awesome I don't have much else to say about the movie, to be honest. I really loved it. I uh, I, I feel like at this point, I'm just telling everyone how awesome it is. But everyone, I think, should really go see it. I don't think there were a tremendous amount of flaws. You know, I, I think uh, the pacing was really good. Um, I just had they said when the second movie. one's coming out, September 2019. 2019. Yeah. Really, 2019? Okay, yeah, good. So I still was like over a year because I didn't even I didn't even heard anything about the second one. It wasn't one. greenlit until this one was out. See, that's crazy right. to me. How would you even not green light, green light I don't the second think, part of that movie? I believe they legitimately didn't expect this to be this successful. They probably thought, eh, we'll get like a middle of the road kind of hit. We'll kind of play it by ear. And then it comes out and it's like the biggest um, horror movie opening ever. And they're like, oh man, all right, green light, let's go, let's do it. But now the whole game has changed for, right. I feel like. We're actually going to start getting more bigger budget horror films. Yeah, and, and but also in making the movie, I bet the studio is going to be way more involved now. And, and that's why I'm uh, afraid, I, you know, so. I want to say maybe, but at the same time though, I think some studios are also smart enough to be like, look, we didn't, we didn't get involved in this and look yeah. what came out. Let's let them do what they want to do. Very few. They, of them. they did it with the Wachowskis. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, yeah. they did the Matrix, and they were like, "All right, whatever you want to do in the second and the third one." And yeah, I would not hold those as examples of sequels <laughs> that went well, though. So. To be fair, Matrix Two was actually there was a few choice moments where it was like, yeah. okay, "Which one was could, the rave?" Is that that was two? the second one. Uh. We could have cut that whole scene <laughs> yeah. out. You could have cut movie two and three for me, and I'd be good. They could have probably combined it into <laughs> one. Like, there's enough good scenes they could have combined two and three in just one movie, and then released Animatrix <laughs> as number two. But so t- 2019, huh? Yes, we got a ways to go. See, that's I, not that far. I recently I'm looked to in that. IMDb. They don't even have anyone casted yet, at least not listed Well, see, that's the thing is I hadn't heard so. anyone being cast, and so I was like, have they even, like, greenlit this yet? Because they have to. Like, I, I assume they would not have greenlit the first one if they hadn't yeah. already planned to have the second one. That's crazy to hear that they hadn't greenlit the second one I yet. feel like they are in the writer's room like, fuck. <laughs> we have a high bar to clear. It would have been interesting to see what would happen. <clears throat> With the the horror genre in a, as a whole, you know, trying to make these big big budget things, we had the Stephen King's Dark Tower 
fail miserably. Really bad. And then I don't know Stephen King's horror, movie. Though, well, pretty. it's but like, you're also like trying Stephen to take it's like, like a fantasy more like likely. A, yeah, five book series. I don't know how big that is. Like a it's huge. Seven. I think it's seven. Like a yeah, seven yeah. book series seven and kind of try to boil like a single entry level story to that. That's so difficult. With yeah. it, you have a a start and a finish. Now, granted, True. it's a very long start and finish. Right. Now I, I hope they, they make it. the stand. That's, I really love the stand. I'm going to keep talking about that. <laughs> well, start sending them emails. I should. Hey, now that you're about done with it, how about the stand? So, Garrett, you're pretty you're you're optimistic for movie two. I'm extremely optimistic based off like what I've seen in the first one. The way they actually developed some characters that who were developed in different ways in the book. Like I love what they did with the characters in this one. I feel like. If they if they had the same writers, the second one is gonna kill it. I think as long as they don't do something crazy like make the spider super cheesy or have it be a Paul Bunyan statue, but really kind of stick with what they did in the first one, it's gonna be fantastic. I think they've proven themselves with this first one, so I'm gonna remain cautiously optimistic. And it's not uh, of their ability to do it. It's just that I think the the adult stuff is weak. So I'm yes. hoping that they can can do a little creative license, jazz it up a little bit, and hopefully we get some. Just as good as movie one. Now, John, you're thinking maybe not so much coming on the I, second I, movie. I'll, I would actually classify myself as cautiously optimistic as okay. well, to be honest. I, I mean, they have proven their capabilities so extraordinarily, right? Um, it's just they are working uphill. It's a sequel. It's a weaker story. Everyone's expectations are a lot higher. So, See, I think, but let me ask you a quick question, not to derail this back into a, a whole thing, but do you feel like it's a weaker story based off the the mini series because again Probably, the book I yeah. didn't feel the book was a weaker second half I mean yeah. there was some weird choices that I was kind of like really and it's, it's harder though to also in the movie right to split everyone up like that so they're gonna have to pair some people together I see I don't I, think they will I think they'll be I able think. to just cut it just fine I think everyone's gonna have their their moments and I read the book about seven years ago and I remember anytime the adult stuff was going on I'd be like hurry up. Come on, let's I agree. Get back like, let's to get back the to the kids. Stuff, that's more there was moments where, like, you, know, you mentioned the the dinner scene and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was definitely some moments where they kind of like went on a little bit long with that. But again, I guess it's because I really just connected with like what makes these people tick. Yeah. You know, like why Bev would even be there. You know, like why she has these fears about things that she didn't have before because of what she's gone through as an adult. You know, and then watching her get into another abusive relationship after going through her father. Ben's insecurity coming back now after he's done so much to change that. You know, like, like these are all things that, like, if you get into the psyche of it, this can be pretty terrifying stuff. So I think it's interesting because as as a kid, you're scared of things you see and things that you you can think of. As an adult, there's a whole other level of scary that you know you can tap into, and I. Maybe I'm way too hopeful, but I feel like the the writers will probably be able to do that, and I'm I'm excited to see them do that. I, I want to be stoked for it and not. Think I think it's keep all my come, fingers crossed, and we'll it's see. all going to come down to the ending. If it's another like they got to do something more with the giant spider fight than just throw a couple rocks at it, knock it over, and tear its heart out. Do you think they'll do a a ritual of chanting? Do you think they'll to. have it? I think need have that a, a, in there for that that to be great. A battle well, now. Of it's adults. The, they can probably do some. You know. I want to see like that whole stuff. like because in the book, like they grab each other. I remember Pennywise and Bill grab each other, right? And they go hurtling through yeah. time and space and whatever. Well, he has to you bite his tongue, it. like that's oh, part right. of the ritual. He has to bite his tongue to trigger it. It's like and it's they, so fucking weird. And they fly past a dead Maturin, the turtle, mm-hmm. and it says, "Hey, look, I killed your buddy." 
yeah. as they're like hurtling yeah. through this fight. I don't think we'll get that level of depth, but I think we'll I get something a, like that. I think we'll get a, a battle inside this ethereal like mind realm. I really hope so. There's no other way. They can't just have them fight a spider because yeah. it's... Well, I guess we'll find out in 2019. Yeah. Got a, a year and nine months to go. If they don't delay We'll it. keep floating until then. We'll keep on floating. And you float too, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us. So one of the things they kept um, from the 50s when they uh, moved the time frame up to the 80s is Bill's bike is still called Silver. Now that is a callback to an old television show, The Lone Ranger, or what is it, was it a radio serial before that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Why do you think they did that? I feel like they should have updated the name. I think that nobody would have noticed, and it's a for people who do know the story. Mm-hmm. It's a cool, you know, call out, and for everyone else, it's like, oh, it's that kid Paul named Bunyan his... moment that you talked yeah, about. Was... You know, one's honestly, I had totally forgotten about the Paul Bunyan thing, and you mentioned that. I was like, oh, that's a great little nod yeah. for someone who remembers that. That's fair. And that makes total sense, but I think I would have liked to see the name updated. What would you call an updated bike? Silver's a horse. Therefore, ergo, in the 80s, what would you name your bike? Oh, Jesus. The answer is Battle Cat, you assholes. (laughs) He-Man's Battle Cat. And that's going to wrap up our Stephen King's It episode. Want to add to the discussion? Let us know on our Twitter page, at The Grave Talk. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or topics for us to discuss, you can email us at gravetalkpodcast at icloud.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And if you like our podcast, please consider sharing it with any other horror fans you think might enjoy our content. Until next time, keep yourself above ground, otherwise you may be dead, and the dead can't listen.